0: Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Doctor Michael G. Daniels. This is your host CB Baker, uh, Doctor Daniels. We um, got a good topic today, and it's it's going to basically touch on a, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. On on uh, you sent me some text uh, scriptures last night to take a look at, and was um, like yeah, I could see where this is going. So the topic today, Doctor Daniels, is um, raising children. The, mm-hmm. you know, how to do it biblically. Right. And we're gonna get into not just say do this because the Bible said we're gonna give examples of why it makes total sense sure to do it this way. And we also probably will dive into uh situations or things we've seen where people haven't done that
1: mm-hmm. the
0: way the Bible says to do it and the results that came from that. Absolutely. So Dr. Daniels, I know as a pastor you get a a lot of you know, wide-ranging questions. Mm-hmm. And how do you briefly answer somebody saying, I'm having trouble with my kids. I can't get them to X, Y, and Z. How do you handle that?
1: Uh, well, if you're having a problem with your kids, it's because God is having a problem with their parents. I mean, that's really the single answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that parents have to, at some point in time, own up um, to to their role in the situation, you know, Um, you know, being a parent is simple. If you choose to be a parent, you can't be a friend, you know, to your child. Um, You you can't allow them to raise themselves. You have to be willing to raise your children. It's kind of like, you know, in in every other aspect of our lives, we don't let things just happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't, you, you don't just let your grass cut itself. You don't just, you know, right. let your house clean itself. You don't, you, you don't even own your job just let things go by. You know, you kind of plan, you kind of work things. Here's the irony of how people parent, you know, and, uh, and, and you're right, this is a good topic. But I think for some people, they're going to get mad. Some people going to get sad. And, yeah. and hopefully some people will get glad. Okay? Right. People, I'm talking to Christians primarily, although I hope there's some non-Christians listening Christians will say, I believe the Bible. I believe it is the inerrant word of God. But they believe it as far as it pertains to simple things and not practical things, mm-hmm. right? They believe it when it says, Thou shalt not kill. They believe it when it says, Thou shalt not steal. But they don't believe it when it t- talks about parenting. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, the Bible gives commandments about how to raise our children you know, a commandment. A commandment is not an option. (laughs) A commandment is what you ought to do. Right. And so, for example, you know, when the Bible says to train up a child in the way that they should go, when the Bible says that our children should seek, be positioned to seek God first, think about what that really means. That means That or it says for the children to remember God in the days of your youth, right Uh, before the evil days come. That is that is a straightforward stuff. Meaning what? If I don't put God in your life while you're yet still young, before the world has an opportunity to infuse its Mm -hmm. values on you, Mm -hmm. it will be too late. Yeah. So when you say, well, how do? What about what advice do I give a person a problem child? The problem is the problem parent, because if they had infused God into the child before the world infused its principles into the child, the child would have been following God. Mm -hmm. That meant the child would have been an obedient child because the Bible teaches us to obey our parents. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parents um, give kids choices. I haven't figured that one out. Why parents give kids choices about their um, Christian development? If you are a Jew or Hebrew, whichever term you prefer, you are born a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. If you are a Muslim, you are born a Muslim. Mm-hmm. We are the only group that say you have a choice. <laughs> right, right. <You're laughs> you know, right. It, isn't that crazy? Here I am a parent. I'm a parent. And I believe in Christianity. I believe in God. I believe in that the best road for me to take is to accept Christ as my savior so I can get to heaven. Would I give my child a choice? See, that doesn't even make sense. Right. If I believe that that's the best way, why would I raise my child to take the worst way? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't I raise my child from infancy to think that that's the only way? Because that's what I say my belief system is. Right? How many parents give their children a choice about whether or not to go to school? No, well, there is no choice. When no choice. Going? How many parents give their kids a choice whether or not to go to church? Oh, that's... Percentage is extremely high. Right? right. How many parents give their ch- child a choice as to whether or not they'll study their books? No, it's, it's <laughs> most, mostly going to make them study. Look how many parents give their children a choice as to whether or not to come to know the Bible. Yeah. How many parents give their children a choice as to whether or not to participate in school functions. Mm. You know, you, you're gonna participate, you're gonna go. Look how many parents, if you say your child gonna sing on the choir? I don't know, let me ask the child. Is your child gonna usher? I don't know, let me ask the child. Is your child gonna be of service to God? I don't know, let me ask the child. So if, if we are wondering why our children act like the world, it's because we have taught them that the world takes precedent over God. So why do you think why do you think that it's like that? What because we thinking? don't follow the Bible. I mean, that's, 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 let, let, let me share something with you. And, and I'm going to read it verbatim because I don't want people to think that I'm just making this up. All right. So let me just share it to you verbatim. I know some folk are wondering well, Pastor, don't you commit it to memory? Well, I'm getting older now. I don't, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't commit everything. To memory. And it's in, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes. It's like what Einstein said when they asked him what his uh, phone number was. He said, I
0: don't know. It's somebody you don't know. Because I can go look it up. (laughs)
1: Right. It says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. So that's basically saying what? I need to teach my child how to appreciate, how to love God while they're young before the, you know, time comes when they, 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 they cannot do it. And here's what it also says down here. He says, let us to the conclusion of the whole matter, right? Fear God, keep keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man, right? For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, here, we, we ourselves, unfortunately, have been given a choice. Unfor- I say unfortunately. Mm. When I say we, I don't mean every, every Christian, because some right. parents force their children to go to church. But when you give me that choice, I start to view the world based on worldly standards. So my concept becomes now that that's the way to joy, that's the way to happiness, that's the way to wealth, because my concept of wealth now becomes what I see in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, even though that's my concept of wealth, I know that that doesn't make me happy. See, here's the irony of it. You, you can live in a big house, have big money and know that you're not happy, mm-hmm. know that you're not fulfilled. Right. But because that's what the world says the concept of happiness is, our mind tells us, If my children can obtain wealth, if my children can get a big house, if my children can do all this, they will have joy, even though I'm miserable. You know, Mm. even though my marriage is falling apart, even though even though, you know, I'm divorced, even though, you know, all these things happen to me. But I still don't come to think about. Wait, is that because we believe what we see? We believe what the majority does is right. The Bible says that the, the road to hell is wide. Right. <laughs> the road to heaven is narrow. See, we believe that if it's the majority view, it's a good view. Mm-hmm. So that's what we tend to follow. Right. Uh, but but again, from a personal standpoint, uh, I was talking to a young lady who I've been knowing since she was a teenager. And I'll give you an example. And uh, we were talking about uh, marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And she said to me, well, Pastor Daniels, I don't know anybody that's happily married. And I said, yes, you do, you know me. Oh, you're the exception, you're right. You and you First Lady Daniels, yes, you're all happy, but you're all the exception. I said, no, we're not. She said, yes, you are. I said, no, we're not. Right? It's just that your sphere, your friends aren't happy. Mm-hmm. The question is, do your friends attend church and do they follow the church? You know, do they, do they follow Christian values? Right. And the answer is no. Well, OK, <laughs> that's why they're unhappy. Right. But we still will follow the worldview. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We'll follow the worldview even though eyes tell us, ears tell us the worldview doesn't work. We'll follow it anyway. And then we'll look at people that are grounded in the Bible and see that they have joy. Mm-hmm. They may not have the 4,000 square foot home, but they have joy. Right. You know, they're the ones. I'll give you a good example. I went to a restaurant early today for breakfast, myself, my, my wife and my in-laws um, in, in Newport News. And the waitress, when she, when she was talking to us, you know, her and my wife had a conversation. And she said to my wife, I understand exactly what you're referring to girl, I'm gonna be praying for you, right? And every time she talked to us, it was a biblical reference and everything. She had, her, her, she just was beaming with joy. She's waiting tables,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: she's beaming with joy. Now I know people, for, I'll give you an example, uh, one of my doctors, I, I've never seen him beaming with joy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure he's probably making five times or 10 times what she makes. But see, if you were to ask somebody, who would you rather be? The doctor or the waitress? They're going to say the doctor. Immediately say the doctor when they have no clue if he has any joy in his life. Right. No clue. So I guess what I'm saying is that we go by the worldview and that's a problem. So we raised our children to go by a worldview rather than uh, positioning our children to have a better life. If I believe if I believe in heaven, I find it, I, I personally find it to be child neglect. If I am a parent and I believe that Jesus is the way and I don't position my child so that they have that same belief, I have neglected them. That's child neglect. It is almost what I would say is child abuse. Hmm. Yeah, if, let me put it another way. How many parents you know tell their children about Santa Claus to the point where the child believes in Santa Claus? How many would you say out of 100?
0: Out of 100, probably 85,
1: If you're a Christian, how many do you think? <laughs> probably 85, 95. Nine, if you're an atheist, how many do you think?
0: Yeah, honestly, with atheists, probably zero. Probably about 10 15% of no, them. For Santa
1: Claus? Right. When the last time you stood in line at, at a mall? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Right. Atheists still teach their children about Santa Claus. Yeah, they do. They do. Right. I mean, in reality, it's right. that Atheists teach their kids about Santa Claus even if they don't believe in God. Right. Yeah. Why? I don't, it, because it's a fairy tale. Right. This is my point. We will teach our children about Santa Claus but mm-hmm. we don't teach our children about Christ. Right. Isn't that kind of moronic? Yeah. You know, which one of us would, would, would position our child to be burned up? Who, who, who among us would send our child to walk into a burning building? No, Nobody. Are we sure? All right. I, get, I get what you're saying. I mean, if yeah. I, if, again, let's say, let's say I believe in what the Bible says. Let's say I believe, see if I'm a Christian, I believe it. So that means I believe what? that I have two choices, right? One is I can reside eternally, my soul Mm -hmm. can reside internally with Christ, right? Or I can be cast according to revelations into the lake of fire where there is eternal torment. If I believe that and I don't station my child properly, am I not condemning them to walk into a, a burning building? And that's what I mean when I'm saying about our children. So let's talk about, you said well, about the obedient portion. Well, isn't it the same thing? Again, I'm, I'm going to use another scripture right quick uh, because I want to make sure that um, folk know, like you said, uh, like with the phone number. All right. Uh, Why remember when you can look it up? All right. All right? <laughs> right. Okay. Now, it, it's what the Bible says, right? In Ephesians, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment of promise, right? That it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long upon the earth, right? So, so that's point one, right? If I want my child to prosper, the Bible tells me what I should do, I should teach my child. To do that which is right and to obey me as a parent. Now, you you, had, you ever had a dog? Mm-hmm. Do you train a dog to to follow your commands by letting them do what they want to do? <laughs> no, absolutely not. It doesn't make sense, do it. No. So then, why would a parent tell a child, "What do you want, dear?" All right. See, it see it. Just it just it just doesn't make sense. If you do something that don't make sense, why would we expect to get something that does make sense? Mm -hmm. If you give a dog a choice, the dog won't obey you. Right. That's not how you train a dog. You train a dog so that your voice command they respond to. So you don't give them a choice. You train you train we will train a dog better than we'll train our own child. Mm -hmm. You can go to a person's house that have children that also have dogs. The dog has been trained. To not walk out the door before they walk out the door, right? But the child around the house, just like that, right? The dog has been trained to walk outside and get in the car. Mm-hmm. The child will go outside, right? You got to you're yelling at them to get in the car. What are you doing? Why are you in the grass, right? You got to fight them to get in the car. <laughs> isn't, that, I mean, right. isn't that crazy when you think about it? And then we wonder why the child is the way the child is, right? I'm saying so. I mean, it's right there. But do you think we're doing
0: that because of the the notion of the, of giving the child, as they're coming up, a sense of individuality and independence, a little bit to be able to make the right choice?
1: Let's try that again. Do we let the child, who we know brain is not fully developed, make decisions on what is the right choice? No.
0: You see, right, <laughs> see, It doesn't even make sense, does it? Right. No, it don't make sense but, at but all. But you're
1: right. What you're saying is right. That's what we tell ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. The, remember I said worldview. See, so we take the worldview, which is, well, the child needs to learn right from wrong. Of course they, they need to learn right from wrong. But does the child need to get in a car accident to realize that you shouldn't speed? Right. We don't tell the child to do that. Does the child need to uh, 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 try Crack to realize you shouldn't, you know, (laughs) be on crack. I mean, again, when you say it in that way, it obviously don't make sense, but you're right. That's what parents tend to do. They let the child make decisions as if the child is mature enough to make the right decision. But we don't do that for everything, Mm -hmm. but we do that for the God that we serve. You don't ask your child, honey, do you feel like going to school today? Do you, do you, If you because if you don't now, we can make the right decision, and you can stay home today. Right. We don't ask a child that. We don't say. Do now you, the
0: fact is the opposite. They come and tell you, "I don't
1: want to go to school and, today." You, you getting out of here. <laughs> right. right. You don't ask a child. You know if if you. That's why I say to me, it's child neglect. It is child neglect, and and I'm not God, but if I was God and I was in a court of law, you I find them guilty. Right. Because it's child neglect. It's no different than when parents. For, for example, when a parent has an obese child, right? Whose fault is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you fed the joker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you're the one who keep feeding them hamburgers and hot dogs and, and no vegetables. Right. You know, you're the one to give them macaroni and cheese all the time, you know, rather than saying, eat your broccoli. Right. You're the one that's saying, well, okay, Johnny don't like vegetables. Listen, let me tell you. My mother had one simple rule in her house. If you get hungry enough, you will eat it. You'll eat it. That's right. <laughs> that was it. See, there was no restaurant. You go to a parent house today and it's a restaurant. One kid got one thing, one kid got <laughs> another thing. Is that, you know, what do you want today? Uh, no, my mother cooked one meal. If you don't like it, fine, go play. Right. Because she knew what? You're not going to starve. Right. You know, you, when you get hungry enough, as she said, you'll eat it. Right. And we always had more vegetables than meat and starches. You know, mm-hmm. more vegetables than starches, more vegetables than meat. Right. As a consequence, there was no obesity. <laughs> you know. Now, granted, I know that people's bodies are made differently, but nonetheless, when you are a child growing up, you know, you're burning calories left and right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm just saying, it's about how we develop the child. You know. And so we are told what that. In parenting, again, here's what it says, right? That it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long. So the the Bible is saying if I train my child up according to the Bible, it will be well with them and they'll have long life. So if I'm trying to get what's best for my child, if that's my goal, then that's what I should be doing. I, I just, just as much as I strive for my child to get a master's or a Ph.D. or a bachelor's degree or whatever, or, or, or you know, become an electrician or a plumber or what have you, I should be also saying I want my child to know, know God so that it can be well with them and so they can have a long life, you know. And I'm not saying that everybody that gets saved, you know, lives to be 99 years old. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that, 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 that the Scripture helps us to understand that that the knowledge of God is integral to our joy, is integral to our success. But Adina also says, and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what is he saying there? If I raise my child correctly, I don't have to put fear of me in my child. mm mm-hmm. My child will act the way that the Bible has instructed them to act because they fear God. Mm-hmm. That changed the whole dynamic. Yeah. The child that fears a parent only acts right around, around the parent. Right. A child that fears God acts right wherever they are because mm-hmm. they know God is always watching. It's a whole, it's a whole shift in the paradigm and, and that's how you get your child to function the way you want your child to function It's when the child is not doing it just because they fear your hand, mm-hmm. but the child is doing it because they respect and they understand God. So I have a question.
0: Mm-hmm. Some people out there may be thinking what I'm thinking right now, So what about the kids that are pastors and preachers, sons and daughters, mm-hmm. and you've, you've heard the, the cliche, the stereotype and the second they get off, they get out of the house. They off the chain. Mm-hmm. You know, they go off to college and mm-hmm. they just, they, you know, they buck wild at that point. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard stories of that. All of us have heard stories, right?
1: The question it, is, why have we heard the stories?
0: Right. That's what I'm getting to. Like, why? Why is that the
1: the norm? No, for that? no, no. See, you. That's not what you no. said. You said I've heard stories. Oh, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. Why you is that the norm? You say I know it's the norm. No, I'm asking, why is that the norm for people to say that? Because the devil is busy. <laughs> okay, you know a pastor's son. Mm-hmm. Is he off the chain? No. I know. Now, he's not perfect. Right. But it ain't, he ain't killing nobody. He ain't selling drugs. Right. He's doing none of that stuff, is he? No. Not off the chain. Now, you also know a pastor's daughter. Is she killing anybody? No. Robbing anybody? No. No. Here's what it says those two, my own children, I might add, are perfect examples of two scriptures in the Bible. Train up a child the way they should go and they shall not go far from it. it didn't say they wouldn't make a mistake. Right. It said they won't go far from it. I have one child that went away from Christian principles, but now has a lifestyle that you would say, okay, you know, she may not be a mirror image of the Bible, but she has a quality lifestyle. Right. Right? Doing pretty good by most people's, you know, standards. I have a son that, you know, like the party, but he, he hasn't strained what? Far from it. Right. Doesn't miss a day in church. You know, I shouldn't say don't miss a day, but you know, doesn't miss a Sunday in church. Right, right. Respects the God, respects those, a very respectful individual. I know pre-K kids, PK kids, excuse me, people for some reason always say PK kids are just a horrible kids. They do everything under the sun. See, I don't know any like that. <laughs> Not right. personally. I know of rumors, but I don't know evidence of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't do know pastors that that children have made mistakes, mm-hmm. but making a mistake don't mean you're terrible. It means you made a mistake.
0: Is it you think is the, the the
1: preachers' kids' mistakes are highlighted? Yes, because they're preacher kids. Yes. See, if if a preacher kid, let's say, gets a DUI at sixteen, it it is. Blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. If a preacher's daughter gets pregnant without the benefit of marriage, it's you know it's front page news. Mm-hmm. Um, but they act like see they erase 16 years of good with one bad incident, right? Or they erase 20 years of good with one bad incident. If the preacher's kid goes away to college, you know, and let's say they go to college, and because they have not necessarily you know been indulging in alcohol. So it doesn't take a lot of drinks now to get you drunk. So now you get a DUI. And the first thing somebody says, see, they drunk all the time. Right. No, if they were drinking all the time, they wouldn't have got drunk off two drinks. Right. And they would have known how to handle it more. So I think it's just the incidences. You know, here's what one has to ask themselves. Statistically speaking, who goes to jail the most? Preachers' kids or non-preachers' kids? I don't, I'm just saying? Right. That, that's what you got to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Who goes to jail the most? Children that are raised in church mm-hmm. or children that are not raised in church? All right. That's what you got to ask yourself. You know, who, who has li- lifestyles that you would refer your daughter marrying? Mm-hmm. The one that is... <laughs> not in church, right. or the one that is in church. Right. See, that's the real question, not, 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 the, not, not those anecdotal you know, things that people say to make it appear as if, um, that for some reason, the pre- preacher's kids are the worst kids. Like I hear people say things like this, why, why is it that the mechanic always has the raggediest car? Mm. <laughs> right. That ain't true. But that's what people act like, you know, right. that the mechanic car is the one that's always breaking down. That ain't true. Mechanics, I know cars ain't breaking down all the time. Right. Unless they choose to be working on an the old car. car. Right. And some of them just like, you know, vintage cars, so they're always working on the car. Not because the car is always breaking down. It's just a vintage car.
0: Um, then the fact that it doesn't mean they can't afford another car, a new car, that they, they wouldn't need that. They right. just like working on cars. They just like
1: working on cars. <laughs> that's what they do. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, you know, I'll say this: the devil is never been shy about convincing people that the Bible is wrong. Never been shy. And so he uses those subtle tools to convince people that the Bible is wrong. Mm-hmm. It is up to us who are parents to not allow what one or two kids do to change our view of the Bible. Let's say for the sake of argument that the pastor that we're under, his children are the worst kids we've ever come across. Mm -hmm. Does that mean the Bible is wrong? No. No, because just because he's the pastor don't mean he raised his children the way the Bible said.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: In fact, it could be the opposite. It could be he was so busy raising your child Mm -hmm. that he didn't raise his own. I mean, that right. could
0: be it, or or you know, nowadays he could have became a pastor later in life, and his kids was already grown.
1: He is already grown, or right. kids was sixteen when he became a pastor. Whatever, right. it could is any number, or, or, or it could just because he is the pastor doesn't mean he made his kids come to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. It, he may not have followed it. I'm not, I'm, he should have, but he didn't. Uh, one of my instructors who I admire greatly, I admire him greatly. Uh, and I, I'm not saying this as a negative towards him, because he was a great, great instructor. He, he taught, taught, taught Hebrew, uh, he taught uh, uh, Old Testament, uh, just, just an Old Testament scholar. And I remember, you know, when, when I first met him and he said to me, not first met him, but, you know, when I first became a pastor. And he said to me, he said, look here, um, don't keep the kids in church all day long. He said, you were called, not them. Don't, don't keep your wife in church all day long. You were called and not them. So my point is that 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 just because a person is a pastor don't mean that their children always sing on the choir. Mm. Don't mean that their children always doing something. You know, now I I understood what he was saying. His point was just what I just read. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Right. You, You still let them live a life, but you still position them so that just like with school. You don't keep your kids in school so much that they just hate school, Mm -hmm. but you keep them in school enough so they can benefit from it and they can live a better life. And that's what he was saying to me. You know, you make sure your children are in church, they're active in church so that they can appreciate the value of church. And once they start appreciating the value of it, yeah, they might still go off and do some things. You know, I was raised in church. And I can tell you, my first concept was I can't wait till I get 21. <laughs> wait when, just right. because I'm saying, look, I want to I legally go to a club. Mm-hmm. I want to legally do some things. But just like the Bible says, I didn't go far from it. And when I got in trouble, you know what? I knew where my safety net was. Mm-hmm. I knew that when I was in trouble, you're to carry your butt back to church. You're to get your prayer life back in order. and hope the Lord will forgive you enough so you won't end up like some of your friends are. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, Got a question. For the, for the people that's listening, they may have older kids that are adults mm-hmm. and have strayed away. What mm-hmm. type of advice would you give them on how to help their kids, which is grown kids at this point, mm-hmm. try to come back in the fold for getting back involved in the church or getting closer back to the, the way the things in the Bible say?
1: Sure. You know, for me, the, be- the best thing when you have grown kids is to be the example. It, you know, it really is to be the example It is to in, invite them to those things that are going on in the church that, you know, fit with their likes and not their dislikes. It is not to beat them over the head for not coming. It is not to point out their bad points and say, well, you know, if you was in church, this wouldn't happen to you. This wouldn't mm-hmm. happen to you. You know, it is to highlight the goodness of Christ and, and how Christ can benefit you. Um, I was 20 um 21. when when uh, someone made a challenge to me. Uh, I was a little older than that when I got back in seriously, you know. So I distinguished between, com- you know, coming back in and coming back in seriously. Mm-hmm. But when I was 21, um, Dr. Walton said this to me. He said, um, and I was, you know, in a bad place in my life. He said, um, try God for 30 days. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know. Just right. that simple, right? And so I said, okay. So I came to church every Sunday for a month. And it, what dawned on me was this. am having a problem. That there's something different about um, listening to a message when you are mature than listening to a message when you are not mature. Oh,
0: yeah. It's a big difference.
1: Right, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's about getting that child back in there when they're mature enough to digest what's being said. Right. And see how it will affect their life and improve their life.
0: It, it goes it goes back to like when you was watching a movie with your parents, like you know, one of them seven for me, the 70s movies, mm-hmm. and you were sitting there, but you didn't really know what's going on. You know, as a kid, right. you know what's going on. Now I go back and look at it, it's like Whoa, this was kind of deep, Mm -hmm. but it's because I'm looking, like you say, you're looking it through a different uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. You're more, more mature, and the same thing with um, scripture. You can hear scripture like a hundred times, and until your mind get in that right state of mind, Mm -hmm. then that's when you actually understand it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, sometimes your child could have, you know, if a child is an adult and doesn't come to church, it could be because they had bad experiences when they did come. Or because they were not made to come. You know, it was a choice. So, so sometimes the parents come back to church after the child is grown. Because when the child is young, they still let the club age themselves. So the parent is clubbing hard. Mm-hmm. And then when the, when, the, when the child is grown, the parent, you know, coming back to church because now they're out of the club life. Right. You know,
0: right.
1: so the children don't, don't understand church. Then the children get, get in trouble and the parent is like, well, you need to come to church. You need to come to church. Well, the parent needs to understand that they didn't come to church. So they have to ask themselves, "Why didn't I come to church when I was in my early twenties? Right. And what would have gotten me to come to church when I was in my early 20s? Right. You know, um, sometimes it's guilt that can get you to bring the kids. You know, I mean, uh, there's nothing there's nothing that that gets a child a growing up church quicker than a mother saying to a child, "Listen." All the other mother's children are coming on this day.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You know, right. I don't want to be the only mother sitting up in there without their child. Can you come? We're having this on this day. Can you come too? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Ma, I'll come in this one. You know, I'm just saying, you know it's, it's, those, it's those kind of things that, you know, uh, not that you're, you're f- forcing the issue, but, you know, a mother will feel better if their child comes, you know, those kind of things. Because um, every mother wants their child to be there on Mother's Day. You know, you you want to kind of be sitting, you know, she wants to see her family and feel good at her family's there on Mother's Day or, 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 or friend and family days, those kind of things. And then when you leave the church, don't just let it go. Talk to them about what was said. You know, what did you think about the pastor? What do you think about what he said? Do you understand what he said? And that way you can have a dialogue with them and perhaps that will help them to digest And maybe then they will see things a little different and say, hmm, yeah, you know, you're right. That did make sense. Or, or, you know, this does fit my life. And I think it's about having that dialogue that helps adults come to realize that, you know what? I, I probably should get back in church, but also help them to now help their children who are probably young now get in church and stay in church. As a grandparent, as a grandparent, I would want my children's, my children to bring their children to church, because as a grandparent, I love my grandchildren mm-hmm. and and so, just like I would tell my children to make sure your children um get good grades, I'm going to say, make sure your children know Christ, you know because you want' the best for them I, th- I think that's really what you you do you put it from a positive standpoint. And not from that negative, you're going straight to hell standpoint, <laughs> right, you know, right. but I want the best for you okay. and, and this will give you the best life. Yes.
0: Well, this was a good topic. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot of follow up questions after this. So is there mm-hmm. anything else you'd like to bring before we close out?
1: Well, all I, all I want to say is simply this. If you if you love your children, don't let them be bystanders. Don't let them be wallflowers. Uh, position them for success so that God can bless them. And I will say this, this Sunday, uh, Sunday coming is Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And I would say that this is a great time for those mothers that have adult children to say to their children, come go to church with me today. If they're not in church, if they're already in church, let them go where they're going. But if they're not in church, this is Mother's Day. Invite them to come with you. And you can have. let them know this is the only Mother's Day gift I want.
0: That's time to go. Mm -hmm. This is your host, Senior Baker. the next time.